Hi, ladies. Happy almost Christmas. My name is Zenovia Bernier, and I'm thrilled to share a little about one of the most wonderful times of the year, Advent season. Many of you have possibly already set out an Advent calendar with a little treat for your children as they count down the days left before Christmas. It's a special period of time where for three to four weeks, we focus on remembering the time leading up to December 25th, the day on which we celebrate Christ's birth. Now for the children, it's always exciting. But as we continue in the Advent season this year, I started thinking about how for adults, the countdown to Christmas can sometimes be a little stressful because of how busy we can allow ourselves to become during this time. The decorating, the cooking, the eating, the gathering, and all the shopping. Oh, it can be fun for sure, but it can also be overwhelming and exhausting. If you get together with family or friends who are unpleasant to be around or are lost in this world, it can be uncomfortable and disheartening at times. No matter what our situation is this Christmas, it's fair to say that we can easily lose focus and get overly preoccupied with all the preparations and decorations and forget why Advent is so important in the life of every believer. The devotions in Pastor Greg's book, Heaven's Light Breaking, touch on some key verses that keep us focused on how to observe this time as it was intended. Advent is meant to be special and meaningful and keep us excited about and focused on Christmas. Not the holiday, but the holy day. The word Advent means coming or arrival, and its purpose is for us to focus our attention on the events that took place before the Lord's first arrival at Christ's birth and before the second arrival of the Lord, when He will come for His church. It's a period of weeks that was specifically designed for us to devote our time to reading, worshiping, praying, and preparing for His arrival. Unfortunately, though, it tends to be the time of year where we overcommit and overwork ourselves so much that time becomes the one thing we just don't seem to have. So it's important to ask ourselves a couple of questions this Advent season before we're too engrossed in it all to even notice. First, what impact am I allowing Advent to have on my Christmas preparations? And second, How might I need to adjust my priorities so that I can fully take advantage of this precious time before the arrival of Christmas? On day 8 of Pastor Greg's devotion, the anchoring verse came from John 14.2. It reads, There is more than enough room in my Father's home. If this were not so, would I have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you? The part of the verse that I want to home in on is the last part, when he says, I am going to prepare a place for you. Jesus was speaking to his disciples before his impending death, resurrection, and ascension. He wanted to comfort them and help them understand that there was a purpose to him leaving the earth. He was preparing a place for them and for all of us who put our faith in him. It's a promise that he made them and us. And this promise is comforting. He was thinking about our future because his desire is for us to spend eternity with him. Doesn't that make you just want to stop and praise him? Doesn't it just overwhelm you sometimes when you think about it? He was going to prepare the place where they and we will be in his presence forever. 
Have you ever made plans with someone to visit them in their home, but when you got there, it looked as if no effort was made to prepare for your visit? And personally, I don't mind when I go to someone's home and it's not picture perfect, because homes are meant to be lived in, and I don't have a Pinterest-worthy home myself. But if I were to go to someone's home and I nearly trip over their shoes or have to move things off the couch to sit down, I would definitely feel as though they didn't really want me there. I would feel like I'm in the way and that my visit was somehow a surprise inconvenience. That would be a huge turnoff and a deterrent to me ever wanting to go back. Again, I don't expect perfection, but I would expect some level of preparation, especially if we had made plans. If I know that someone's coming over, I prepare. My home is tiny, but I will take the time to clean up, put things in their proper place, have a meal ready, and make sure I have a snack or a beverage that I know the person likes. If I'm planning on having someone stay for longer, I make sure that I have the best linens and comfiest pillows set out for them. I put together a basket with toiletries and essentials, and I make sure that they have access to the Wi-Fi code. I'm intentional because I want them to know that I was expecting them, and they're welcomed and wanted even if it means getting up earlier, staying up later, or removing things off my calendar that would prevent me from adequately preparing my home. And the Lord doesn't do things without preparation either. He's the epitome of intentional. That's why Jesus came to die in the first place. The Lord planned this because He knew long before we were ever born that we would need a Savior. With intention, He prepared for our Savior to be born. Unbeknownst to Caesar Augustus, the Lord moved his heart, and he issued a decree that required Joseph and Mary to go back to Bethlehem. The Lord knew that Mary was about to deliver her baby, but he had declared long before this time that the Messiah would come from Bethlehem. So the Lord made the preparations for Christ's birth, and through the decree of Caesar Augustus, he made room for his promise of our Savior to be realized. He made room for Jesus. As we approach Christmas this year, how much room have we made for Christ? I'm not talking about the celebration of the holiday itself with family and friends, where we sing Happy Birthday Jesus and eat open gifts and sing carols. Nor am I referring to the beautiful church service that most of us will undoubtedly attend where we will hear the Christmas story. I'm talking about making room for Him. I'm talking about making room to meet with Him and enjoy His presence every day, no matter how busy we allow ourselves to be. I'm talking about making room to pray to Him, not out of desperation to do everything we need to do for Christmas, although we should do that as well, but out of appreciation for everything Christ did through Christmas. I'm talking about embracing the Advent season with intentional, uninterrupted devotion to Jesus. I'm talking about making Christ the center of our Christmas. Before we pick up our phone, before the shopping gets started, before the gifts get wrapped, and before the cookies are baked, among the many things on our list, is spending quality time with Christ at the top? Or is it the last thing that you have planned? if you have time. Ladies, we already know how busy this time of year can be if we let it. We need to prepare a place for him before the busyness of Christmas so we don't lose focus amid the busyness of Christmas. Have you made room for him this Christmas so that he knows he's welcomed 
and wanted? Have I? That's something to ponder and humbly ask the Lord to confirm or deny, no matter how long we've been walking with the Lord. That's what Advent is for. For those of us who are seasoned believers, now is the time to make sure that our seasoning hasn't gone stale. Nothing about Christmas should be routine. We don't know everything we need to know yet. Every day we can ask him to enlighten us further about the gift of Jesus this Christmas. Because girls, there is no Christmas without Christ. The gifts under the tree cannot mean more to us than the gift that hung on a tree 2,000 years ago for you and me. We want to do so many things, right? We want to enjoy our family time and our friend time and the joy of the season. And we can do that, but we must be watchful so that we don't forget the reason for the season. Have you ever caught yourself saying or even thinking, I have too many things to do to read my Bible or go to Bible study during Christmas time. I'm too busy to serve the Lord during Christmas. Catch me in January when things calm down. I can't give to another worthy cause right now because I have a lot of gifts to buy for Christmas. I still have to finish decorating my house. I can't fellowship with my brothers and sisters in Christ right now. Ladies, I'm guilty. Maybe not of the catch me in January part or the decorations excuse, but I have lost focus before wanting to do a lot of good things during Christmas while disregarding the best thing about Christmas, the birth of Jesus, the life of Jesus, the presence of Jesus, and the promise of Jesus. Now, my family is from the Dutch Caribbean, so I'm a first-generation American. While I grew up here in the U.S., I didn't learn some of the Christmas traditions and practices that are common in America until I was a little older. I didn't know about all the baking and the movies and the shopping that took place in December. And one of the Christmas practices that I learned about as a young adult was this weird phenomenon called a gift exchange. Once I learned what it was, I thought it was kind of neat to exchange gifts with someone, mostly because in the Caribbean, giving Christmas gifts is not a huge thing over there. Sure, most parents give their children something small, but the out-of-control spending and gifting that we do here is non-existent there. And forget about gifts to extended family members, not to mention friends or neighbors. With an island's economy, it's just unheard of. So even as a child growing up here, the craziness and the festivities surrounding Christmas time didn't really happen in my home. So the first time that I received the name of a person for whom I needed to buy a gift, I was excited to participate in the exchange. It felt so American. Now, through the years, I participated in many more gift exchanges, but the novelty of it all quickly wore off. I started to realize that I, in fact, do not like gift exchanges. Now, no disrespect if that's your jam, but for me, it was more of a hassle than it's worth. Now, let me explain. I don't like the pressure of being expected to buy a gift for someone just because I have a little slip of paper with their name on it. And I like it even less that someone is expected to buy me a gift just because they drew my name. And even if there's a maximum price limit on how much you can spend, it stresses me out. Besides the pressure of buying the gift in the first place, now I'm worried about overspending or buying something that looks as if I didn't even try. Don't even get me started on gift exchanges where you make a list of things you like, give it to someone, and then wait for them to give you what you asked for. It just seems so disingenuous and demanding. Now, don't get me wrong. I love giving gifts. It's not an official love language, but if it were, that would be one of mine. I start Christmas shopping for my nieces and nephews in January. 
I enjoy taking the time to look for something that they would really like and appreciate. It's a way in which I show love to them. Those who know me well can attest to that. But what I don't like is the I'll get you something if you get me something idea behind a gift exchange. I just can't handle the pressure. It's a personal hang-up of mine. I, I know that. It certainly doesn't ruin Christmas for me, but it does take some of the joy out of gift-giving if what I place under the tree has been predetermined and solicited by the receiver. Now, ladies, my gift exchange aversion is silly. I know. I've clearly made too much of it. But isn't it easy to make too much of any silly thing, even the wonderful things about Christmas? We've all done it in some form or another. And we don't want to be like the people in Jerusalem in Luke 13, 34, when Christ grieves over them because they didn't make room for him, saying, how often I've wanted to gather your children, but you wouldn't let me. They completely missed Christ. I know we don't want to come to December 26th and be so exhausted by all that we did to make Christmas great and completely lose sight of all that Christ did to make Christmas possible. We must be watchful, ladies, that we don't get so caught up preparing for the arrival of Christmas that we forget to prepare for the arrival of Christ. But it may require us to adjust our plans. I want Jesus to feel at home in my heart. I want to use this Advent season to allow the Lord to clean up and put in order the things in my life that are displeasing to Him. I want to do, say, and think the things that I know bring Him pleasure— I want him to have access to every part of me. I want to be intentional because I want him to feel welcomed and wanted, even if it means getting up earlier, staying up later, or removing things off my calendar that would prevent me from adequately preparing my heart for him. So here's what I've purposed to do. I am going to participate in a gift exchange this year. Not with people, though, but a personal one with the Lord He drew my name when he drew his last breath, and it's now written in the book of life. I have his name, and as a believer, it's complete with the seal of the Holy Spirit. I'm not waiting until December 25th, though. I want to give him his gifts now so that he can enjoy them throughout the Advent season. And I already know what he wants for Christmas. My time in prayer with him, my worship of him, my devotion to his word, my faith in his word, my confidence in his word, my obedience to his word, and my application of his word. Those are the things he has asked for because they bring him joy and demonstrate that I love him. I, in turn, get to receive quite a bit more. And what's really amazing about our Lord is that I don't even have to tell him what I want. He already knows. Psalm 38, 9, You know what I long for, Lord. You hear my every sigh. Ladies, we don't have to make any demands of him because he's been preparing to bless us with the most amazing gifts since the beginning of time. In his presence is fullness of joy. He never gives bad gifts. They're always exactly what we need when we need them. 2 Peter 1-2 May God give you more and more grace and peace as you grow in your knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. Romans 5-5 And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with love. I mean, aren't these the types of gifts that you would want for Christmas? They're priceless, and they'll never go out of style. As we prepare a place for Jesus, 
He overflows our spiritual stockings with his blessings. And not only that, ladies, the more we make room for him during the Advent season, the more equipped we will be to share Christ and reflect his character in our homes, in our workplaces, in the long lines at the stores, in our cars and the packed out parking lots, in our neighborhoods, and finally, at our dinner tables on Christmas Day. And it gets even better. The people who we love the most will also benefit from the fruit that will come if we make the most of this Advent season. Even if everyone in your family is a believer, they will be blessed by your spiritual investment in this time of preparation. If you've got lots of shopping to do, prepare a place for Christ in your wallet. He wants to use your finances to further His kingdom. If you've got lots of cooking to do, prepare a place for Jesus in the kitchen. He wants to minister to you and remind you of his provision with every vegetable that you chop and every dish that you wash. If you've got lots of gatherings to attend, prepare a place for Jesus in the car. He wants to be there with you at the party. Girls, gift exchange or not, let's be intentional this year. Let's prepare the best place for him this Advent season before we do all the things we want to do. It's entirely possible that Christ may arrive before Christmas does this year. With that in mind, while there's still time to prepare, Hebrews 13.15 says, Therefore, let us offer through Jesus a continual sacrifice of praise to God, proclaiming our allegiance to his name. That way, no matter whom we're with, what we do, or where we go this Christmas— we can confidently say, as the Magi did in Matthew 2-2, that we have come to worship him. Merry Christmas, ladies, and God bless you.